0: In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Alistair Jolly. He's going to be joining the show as a co-host. We're going to talk all about that next. This is Twitter. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today is kind of a pivotal day in the history of past, present, and future, or just the history, or the, the future of Twip, I think. This is kind of a fork in the road for This Week in Photo and where things are gonna be going. Rewind a little bit. You guys may remember uh, about a year or so ago, This Week in Photo was acquired by Smug Mug and officially joined that organization and I joined SmugMug also as now I'm employed by SmugMug and Twip is a I guess a subsidiary of SmugMug along with Flickr so we kind of have that trifecta of brands going on one of the one of the benefits of doing that there were a lot of a ton of benefits which is a whole show in and of itself but one of the big benefits was I've known the folks over at SmugMug for a long time you know probably as long as twip has been around i've known those folks and uh they're like family friends you know that that kind of deal alistair jolly is a person that has been at smug mug since i've known about smug mug and alistair knows everyone in the industry and one of my kind of hidden wishes when we were kind of negotiating about the the acquisition and kind of going back and forth about that was that a future version of twip may in some way include alistair jolly's kind of golden scottish tones on on the podcast so fast forward a year plus later My Jedi mind trick skills, you know, are a little bit better. And guess who is going to be co-hosting this week in photo with me? None other than the industry, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. What would you call yourself, Alistair? You're an industry fixture. But anyway, you're going to be joining this week in photo as a co-host. I couldn't be happier about it. And this show is all about that. You and I are just going to sit down and chat about the who's, the whys, the what's the future, all that good stuff. So Alistair Jolly, welcome to This Week In Photo. Your first or this is you've been on the show before as a guest. This is your guest. This is your first time this is your last time as a guest. Let's say that. So this is your last time yeah. as a guest on the show. So welcome man. How are you doing? Thank you. Hello Mr Van Johnson, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm great. Yeah, likewise.
1: Yeah. Thank you for I'm the, the nice words. Um I love it when a plan comes together. You know, this is something yeah. we've been talking about for, for too long and we're finally getting around to doing it. And I'm extremely honored to be joining you frequently on this show, um, hopefully more often than not, um, as, as there may be times where I'm unable to join you when I'm traveling. But uh, yeah, looking forward to sitting down
0: every week with you and
1: just having a chat
0: yeah it's good yeah and just just to rewind this i don't want to make this like one of the standard question answer interviews because we're kind of well beyond that um but you know the if you i mean you know the history of twip right back in the day we used to do the round table format and you know every it was this week in photo but it was a group of people kind of like what a lot of the mainstream podcasts are doing today where it's a bunch of people in a room tackling a topic sometimes it gets crazy sometimes not I wanted to kind of push it back in that direction, but without leaving the one on one interviews on the table, because I think there's immense value there. But I think mm-hmm. there's also immense value in just, you know, bouncing ideas off of other people with that may have ideas different than your own, right? So absolutely to, to add more dimension. So that's that's one of my that's that was my thrust for doing this, is like, okay, the magic that we that we kind of concocted back then Makes a whole lot of sense now, especially considering how the tech landscape has changed and the capabilities that we have now versus what we had back then. And it just makes sense to do it like this. Yeah. Plus, you know, why not? There's so much to talk about, too. It's just, it's just it so is. much. It's been fun. I mean, we, as you mentioned, we go way back.
1: And, you know, I've known you for certainly my whole career at Spunk Mug, which is, you know, over 12 years now, which is crazy yeah. to think about. Um, and then obviously we acquired Flickr uh, and, you know, um, my role suddenly uh, included looking after the Flickr brand as well. Um, and then you know but as you say over a year ago we acquired Twip. Um, yeah. and as soon as as soon as we started working on that you know you and I brains were just buzzing with ideas of what we could do. I'd been live streaming uh, and, and podcasting with smug Mug, looking after our ambassadors, bringing them onto the show. Um, you know, just having conversations, uh, about the industry and, you know, when we put our heads together, we have, we have a million ideas, uh, and we, you know, we, we didn't quite know where to start, but we knew we wanted to do this. You and I together on a show, bringing in guests, talking about, um, what's topical in the industry at the moment.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be good. And there's, there's so much so much to do um and that's that 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 mountain of things to do is one of the main reasons why why i wanted twip to be part of such a great organization like smug mug that is photography focused right for the love of photography making the world better place through the power of photography is what kind of the mission statement is for the company and that's kind of what twip twip has kind of been doing that all this time kind of being a mouthpiece and Shining light on things that that are uncomfortable to talk about and, while also talking about the gear and the software and the AI and all that stuff so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have a, a playmate in the in the corral here with yeah. you know? and it's an interesting time, you know, we've went through so many periods of,
1: of Transition and flux in, in the photo industry you, you Just in my lifetime, let alone, you know before that um, and we're right in the middle of one of those again, right at the start of a huge, yeah. a huge period of transition in the in the photo world. So, yeah, very interesting time to be talking uh, and interviewing people and, and talking about the future of photography. And uh, I, I'm buzzing, man! I'm so excited to be on the show with you. And yeah, you know, so it was great to spend time with you. So. Yeah, we'll see
0: where it goes. Well, let's, let's, let's uh, for the folks that may not be familiar with you, like most of the photography industry, especially the companies and firms and all that in the industry, know who Alistair is. But for the, the people in the TWIP audience that aren't familiar with Alistair, give us a little, you know, your, your, your origin story, as I say, and what led you into photography and ultimately into mm. SmugMug my gosh, the origin story. How
1: long do we have? Mm-hmm. You know, this could, this could be a episode <laughs> yeah, of, an episode of the episode. in three minutes. Talking. Three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, if you can't already tell, uh, I'm based in Scotland. Um, that's why Frederick has an accent and I don't. Uh, so yeah, based in Scotland, I spent uh, most of my photography career as a, as a social photographer, so weddings, portraits. Uh, I, was, I spent about 20 years as a photographer making my living doing that. Um, Prior to that, I'd actually studied to be an engineer, but I actually fell in love with photography while doing an engineering degree. Um, And yeah, my life took a a big turn when I decided to focus on photography instead of uh, engineering. And then, uh, yeah, spent many, many years uh, doing that and then had an opportunity to to work with SmugMug as their kind of European manager. And Spent a long time looking after SmugMug's interest in Europe. Uh, again, just you know, with the number of people I know in the industry, the photographers I know, the brands I know, it was great to build up that brand recognition throughout Europe for SmugMug. And then, you know, about five or six years ago, started looking after SmugMug as a brand globally, looking after you know live events, trade shows, uh, partnerships, uh, business development, that type of thing globally. Um, yeah, so that, and that's a very quick nutshell of of yeah. you know, twenty yeah, twenty good. plus years in the industry.
0: Well, in the in the industry, you're you are yeah, I, and I could speak from experience before the acquisition. You were kind of synonymous, or you are kind of synonymous with SmugMug. When people think SmugMug they think, oh, let me get Al- Alistair on the phone. Let me, you know, you're kind of that the tip of the spear. It's a very large spear, right? So, but the tip of the spear is usually Alistair. So you're, what is your your main function at the company? Is it business development, brand, what marketing? Where, where do you play most? Yeah, so my official
1: title is Global Brand Manager. Um, mm. And that was very fortunate that, I'm, I'm, you know, spend a lot of time face to face with people in the industry, customers, ambassadors, p- partners, brands, um, and just using those connections and those opportunities to, to you know, improve the world of photography through you know things that we can do at SmugMug to to improve our customers, things we do, um, you know, as as a brand to make the brand more environmentally focused, that type of stuff. So um, yeah, really just the became, yeah, a little bit of the face of SmugMug, uh, not, certainly not the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of really smart people uh, uh, above me running the, the the full iceberg. But yeah, I've certainly, you know, was fortunate enough to be um, in the day-to-day working with, you know, people and getting to know uh, the industry personally. And yeah, a lot of people, when they think about SmugMug, as, you know, they'll think about myself and the interactions we've had. Yeah. And then that Progress to do doing the same for Flickr and you know now we'll be doing the same for Twit as well.
0: That's right that's right yeah 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 Iceberg, Tip of the Spear, you're you're like the uh I don't know I'm not a Lord of the Rings uh uh you know nerd but but you might. Who, who's the guy <laughs> who's the you're guy no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get hate mail for this, but who? Or I'm losing geek cred now. But who's the guy with the staff that says "Thou shall not pass"? Right? Who, who is that? The the wizard? The, no, <laughs> that's not <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> that's Potter. That's Potter. No, Gandalf. I'm talking about the Gandalf. Uh, Lord, yeah. is it Gandalf? It's Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah. Are you call me Gandalf, okay. dude? Are you call me old? You're, you mean, no, beard? you're the gatekeeper. You're the gatekeeper. gatekeeper. So. Yeah. So the brands come to you and you say, thou shall not pass (laughs) or thou shalt shall pass. I'm the 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 guy that opens,
1: opens the gate and helps, uh, plant seeds. I've often described myself as, um, someone who loves interaction with people and loves finding a way to help people and help our brand mutually find a way to grow together. So I like to plant seeds and other people are very good at nurturing the garden once those seeds have, have grown that's a terrible analogy, but you know what I mean. It is.
0: It's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. It's better than being <laughs> Gandalf, didn't you? That was a haggis analogy, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. <laughs> he's pay. like a. See, he's not gonna make a comment on that. He's like, oh, no, I kind of like Haggis. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that stuff. No, <laughs> uh, oh, this is good, man. See, this is this is the tone of the the conversations we're gonna have, you know. But this this kind of this kind of tone of conversation, but around things that are really gonna impact photographers, and, and you know the list of things that we're gonna be talking about. It's a yeah. It's a long and distinguished list. Yes. Um. So that's that's you. So your background. Mm-hmm. So let's. Let's the things that photographers, of course, the the obligatory questions that everybody wants to know. What does Alistair shoot with? What are you processing with? Are you a Lightroom guy? Are you a Capture One guy? Are you Nikon? Are you Canon? Are you Sony? Are you Fuji? Like what? What is your what's your behind the scenes kit? What does that look like? Behind the scenes kit. There's been many. Whatever
1: tools right for the job at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm you know not particularly. Uh, focused on, on any particular brand. Um, I started my career with Hasselblad shooting one twenty film back in the day, um, mm-hmm. transitioned to 35 mil with, uh, Nikon Nikon, Nikon, whatever you want to pronounce it's it. Nikon. Um,
0: it's Nikon, it's
1: Nikon, but we'll, we'll leave that battle for another day. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, uh, so yeah. shot, shot Nikon for, for many years. Um, and then, I, I kind of describe it as my retirement from social photography. When I stopped taking photography, f- uh, uh, you know, to make money, I call it my my retirement. When I retired from there and went full time with SmugMug, I switched. To mirrorless at that point, because that kind of coincided with moving to mirrorless at that point. And since then, um, I've been pretty loyal to Fujifilm, Um, you know, big user of Fujifilm. Uh, My office is just full of eclectic gear from over the years. So there's all sorts of brands behind me. And those little, you know, there's the cameras behind me are those that were significant in my journey, kind of thing, you know, the ones Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I I, I felt I wanted to hold on to rather than get rid of. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment, shoot Fujifilm, uh, just I love the format. Um, f- you know, when Mirrorless came out, it was the first brand I tried that, I always describe it as I felt kind of nostalgic with a digital camera, because it felt very much like a rangefinder, um, you know, film camera. So yeah. What was, what, what, what was your first one?
0: What was your first one, the X100?
1: No, it was the XE2. Mm-hmm. It's, the little, it's um, just there, actually, the little one, the silver one.
0: Oh, that sincere. one! Right there. I love that yeah, camera. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Um, felt very much like, uh, like uh, Olympus or something from the film days. You know, just a, a nice little thirty-five mm format camera. But yeah, it was yeah. the first mirrorless one I went with. Uh, yeah, that went with that. And then, of course, when you invest with glass, you tend to stick with the brand because you've invested with all the glass. Fujifilm okay. had a great uh, roadmap for lenses when they went. They launched their mirrorless way ahead of most other brands at the point, and I think that's kind of why I went Fujifilm was because I could see the roadmap of the lenses that were bringing out. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, love love their stuff. Um, quite happy to shoot crop frame as well. I like a crop sensor. Um, sure. Not not in any way. Beholding to full frame but yeah it's nice and then in our film projects at smug mug i'm very fortunate to work on the films team creating great films at oh smug yeah mug. i want to talk about that yeah i yeah. definitely um I definitely you know, we've shot, we've shot everything in the video world you know fujifilm sony canon yeah all that all that stuff so
0: yeah we're on Sony so um, here at the moment and I do, I, yeah, I want to find out what the, what your, I, I know what your post-processing software is, but I want to, I want to have you articulate what it is and why. Um, but also, but to con- continue that, the tangent on Fuji, the, yeah. I think it was years ago, maybe three or four years ago, and I forget whom the representative from Fuji was that I had on, but we were trying to, I was trying to get to the bottom of that whole Fuji look thing, you know, because people mm. say, yeah, Fuji, It just has that look, I don't know if it's Velvia or some of that secret sauce in their processing, but Fuji has this look. And all of the Fuji shooters that I speak with, Valerie Jardin, you know, everybody has, they're always raving about that that Fuji look. So I wanna get to the bottom of it, like, what is it? What is that Fuji look? Had the same conversations with the folks from Leica, because people say the Mm. same thing about Leica. You know, oh, it's just got that look, I can't explain it. It's this micro contrasty thing. Do you do you feel that about the about your Fuji Absolutely. stuff? Yeah. yeah, and what I, I is like it? it? Can you can you the, articulate what the Fuji look is?
1: Yeah, like uh, I think it's predominantly down to the glass, yeah, um, and the way they, they resolve the, the image coming through the glass with Fuji film. I think it's very much down to the X Trans sensor, um, the way that the the capture. Um they have a different, a different array on their X-Trans sensor than, than most cameras um, rather than just being RGB RGB repeated it's it's kind of randomized. Um, mm-hmm. And then couple that, I think with their you know historic understanding of, of film and color uh, simulation on different ca- types of film. they yeah. you know they manufactured all the films of choice back when I was shooting film. You yeah. know, Velvia and portrait and all that type of stuff. So, um, I think they just do a really good job of of capturing the data and converting it using their kind of raw simulators and that type of stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, just I, I've have always always enjoyed the, the Fuji film stuff, but you know, that's you know, it's not a sponsorship. I wish it was, but yeah, um, no, no, absolutely. The uh, yeah, they've they've. Um, created some great stuff there dude there's no bad cameras right they're all they're there all, isn't
0: they're all great I mean, so dude even yeah. even these right even the. Right. though i mean you can't even say even anymore i feel bad saying even these things take good photos These are superior in a lot of ways to, to, I mean, depending on situationally, right? But it's, yeah, yeah, it's no longer a, oh, well, you know, if I had a real camera, I would have done a better job. It's, you know, but the, uh, yeah, on the Fuji, on the Fuji side, that's, that's really interesting. Thank you for that detail. Because it's, yeah, I mean, and you're right. We are at a point now where... All these arguments are moot for the most part, you know, from the megapixel thing to back and forth about micro four thirds versus full frame or low light sensitivity. All these things are important. But I feel like we're we are at a point now. And tell me if you agree with this. I feel like we are as an industry at a point now where. Those arguments are off the table. I mean, if you want to create something, the tools are there regardless of what you pick to create the, the thing that you have in your mind's eye. The tools are there. It's no longer an excuse of, well, if I had the camera that Joe McNally shoots with, I could do that, too. You know, you can have that camera or 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 do something very similar to yeah. what he's doing with your even your phone. So with the rounding, rounding error creative. or not the... The, the overall thing that's shifting all of that stuff is this AI stuff that we've been talking about. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Listen, a great creative is everything. going to be able to create, create an image
1: on any camera you give them. You know, if you're, if you're a creative person, just go create, don't worry about what camera you have. I kind of was done with the megapixel argument back when we got to like 24, like, I'm, I'm done. Like, 24 mm-hmm. mega, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just, you know, gravy at this point. So um, there's, of course, there's those specialist needs, you know, people who need megapixels for some massive project, uh, scaled project. There's always going to be those people that need something unique. But for the vast majority of us, any camera is going to do the job. We see a huge movement now, people going back to film, like people trying to mm. fill People trying to buy old film cameras that have put the price of old film cameras through the roof, trying to find a secondhand um you know film camera is is you know getting expensive because you know people they're in demand for cameras that we were happy to quickly get rid of and move to digital because sure. we thought digital was far superior. so um, yeah, just just go create with whatever you have. And I find a lot of times it's down to choices around form factor, like do you like? holding the camera? Do you like using it at the buttons in the right place? Do you like the UI? Um, All those things are, are maybe what make you choose one over the other, but I don't think at any point now it's about quality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the quality stuff is gone or, or diminished. I think I wouldn't say, Mm -hmm. wouldn't say gone, but it's, it's more of a solving in reverse beginning with the end in mind for from from my perspective so if you know that you want to do this kind of photography obviously you need to buy a camera that excels at that and glass that excel at that and surround yourself with people that do that and on and on and on yeah it's no longer you're you're barred from entry into a particular genre because of whatever so but it's 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 exciting on the on the post-processing side of things what's uh Mm -hmm. what where do you tend to bring your images for that final bit of polish final bit of polish is predominantly done in capture one uh, mm-hmm. been
1: uh, I, I, you know during my career I was a lightroom user uh, and got very proficient at lightroom you know adi- editing thousands of images every every weekend kind of thing but um, I transitioned to capture one you know, probably about five years ago now. It wasn't an easy transition, you know. Once you're once you're used to a piece of software, you know it's and and that's nothing to do with Capture One. It wasn't that it was difficult. It's just when you're used to something, it's a different it's language, the, the, yeah, yeah, and the muscle memory makes you do things, um, you know. So, but um, going back to the X Trans sensor, when when they first launched the X Trans sensor, the raw files that came off that because the the sensor array was not a, a standard RGB pattern um adobe struggled in my opinion converting the raws um Mm -hmm. and capture one did a way better job and I switched to that for that reason um and then yeah stuck with it and yeah really enjoy the the quality of it I'm kind of fortunate now that I'm you know not taking the volume of images that I used to do when I was a full-time photographer so therefore you know I had the time to to transition to, to using Capture One, and I think you know looking for that kind of quality of output um, that I was looking for with the raw files that I was capturing, then Capture One was the obvious choice, and I've stuck with that. Yeah, that um, was so that's my, that's my editing software. Yeah.
0: That that was a scuttlebutt back in the day that the the raw processing engine inside of Capture One uh, was allegedly superior to the one. And demonstrably better to the, the the engine in in Camera Raw and you know of course Lightroom, uh, and that that was that little nugget of information is really interesting because I've had folks on the show and I've talked offline with people that use Capture One and they've gone in and brought old images that they shot with you know sort of legacy cameras that generated RAW files to bring them into this new software. Get you know, insanely different results from what they thought was state of the art when they first quote developed those raw files to what they yeah. can pull out of those raw files these days. So, yeah, yeah, folks, don't throw away your raw files. Try to <laughs> reprocess <laughs> them in modern software and see see what that old camera that you shot it with you know, was doing was actually trying to tell you. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. but that watch. capture one capture one
1: on the desktop and on my on my iPhone when I'm capturing
0: mobile. I still use Snapseed, yeah, I, I love, Snapseed. I, I love, I love Snapseed. I love the metaphor. I love the meta because once you dive into Snapseed and you understand that there's actually layers in there and you know all things it's it becomes it becomes really, really powerful. So, yeah. so on and Snap, that, so how do you feel about phone photography? That's the other piece of it. That's another wave that's impacting the industry, right? And iPhone 15 yeah. just came out last week. So wh- where do you fall on that, that world of shooting? Yeah, there you go.
1: iPhone 15 in hand at the moment. And yeah, really, really enjoying it. I, by far, the most images I take are, are certainly on, on the, the mobile phone, uh, mobile camera, I guess at this point. The thing I do least with it is use it as a phone. Um, so I think we need to change the name of it. But yeah, just got the iPhone 15 and uh, yeah, loving it, loving some of the, the stuff that you can do it. Obviously, you know, when there's times you want the long glass, um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to take just an iPhone on Safari with me if I was in the Serengeti, but um I'm sure if I was in the Serengeti, I'd still be shooting lots of images on the iPhone. So
0: Hell yeah.
1: um yeah. and it's still it's still the camera you're gonna have with you. You know, they've always said the best camera is the one that you have with you. You're always gonna have your your cell phone and the camera with you. So um yeah, I love it. I love the simplicity of capturing an image, editing it, publishing it, uploading it to yeah. SmugMug, wherever, all from the device in your pocket, you know, but I know uh,
0: it's yeah. it's a whole nother world. And the the apps, the, I mean, <laughs> the apps that you can get on the phone that that do these things that are just it's ridiculous. Like there's one called Focus F O C O S. Have you played with that yeah. one? Yeah, the, that, long expo- that the long exposure one. No, that no. one's no. there's there's a bunch of long. This one is one that that specifically lets you play with the depth data that your, uh, your okay. camera records, so that you can. You know, basically kind of like a portrait mode, but on the steroids, it gives you access to all of it, even to the degree of allowing you to place lighting in the scene that mm-hmm. respects the depth in the scene or changing the bokeh based on the number of blades on the aperture, the simulated aperture um, or okay. point light sources and how the starbursts happen at smaller you know, apertures and controlling on. All- It's really crazy what that thing can do. And it's really crazy to see the data that the phone records that that thing then takes advantage of. And a lot of these things
1: eventually get absorbed into the the Apple universe. uh, Because with the iPhone 15 and iOS 17, they're now doing automatic recognition for portrait mode. So if there's a person in the image and it recognizes the person, they'll automatically capture all that depth information. So you can go back and change that depth of field after you've taken the picture.
0: Smart. That's built, have to in, switch built it, into the iPhone. Right? Yeah. 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 You yeah don't have person to Person or pet? By the way. Yeah. Pets too.
1: Yes. Now recognizing pets, uh, and you mm-hmm. can name them, and it'll automatically find them. Uh, I know you're probably doing that with your
0: cat already, no doubt. Cats. I have two. I have two cats. cats. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's a prerequisite I, I love, when I'm, you <laughs>
1: when you get older. I love you have iPhone. to have two cats. <laughs> yeah the iPhone. iphone is um it's
0: a whole world right i mean
1: yeah, yeah. And, and working with the brand obviously when i'm out there creating content with the brand the iphone is essential now you know we're capturing video we're capturing behind the scenes we're creating social content and we're creating it on the phone we're capturing it with the phone we're creating it on the phone publishing it on the phone um you know still obviously shooting our main film features uh on on uh DSLRs, mirrorless cameras, but a lot of the content we're creating now for for the use cases we need it. Um, the iPhones by far the 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 weapon of choice in that in that it ins- scenario.
0: It's only a matter of time um, for me before there's a sea change in my little home office slash studio here again because the the first sea change was uh, when the MacBook Pro got. Powerful enough with these m1 processors to allow me to do everything I needed to do with just a macbook pro So that's yep. what I have here. That's driving all this the next step. I think is uh, I, I think the power is there in the iPad Pro to do this kind of stuff But the io is not there yet so mm-hmm. being able to plug a camera in and the microphone and do all the things it's still a headache to do all that and then also the I um, It's just software, like we're running a piece of software, well, I'm running it right now, and I I know you have it as well, uh, called Ecamm Live that allows me to do all this fancy camera switching and screen sharing and all that stuff. And it's not on iOS, so I gotta use it here or use another solution. Another solution I was looking at or or one modality that I was looking at is what if you just went completely browser based, right? Well most of the stuff Mm -hmm. that I do is in the browser, Slack's in the browser, Google Docs is in the browser, on and on and on. You know, everything is in the browser for the most part, except for my heavy image processing apps. So why not use something like StreamYard or something to do these kinds of things and then do it from the iPad and free myself from this, you know? this uh this gilded cage so so what you're saying is we're going to do an episode and you'll be surfing
1: somewhere yeah. in california with your iPad. no I'll be, the the I'll be in the car i'll be
0: in the car yeah i'll be in the car i got plans i'm trying to design a green screen for the front seat so <laughs> <laughs> so you won't know you won't know where the heck frederick is i've um, taken lots
1: of zoom calls over the last number of years from my car it would be interesting why to not? to put yeah. a green screen that'd be funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to do it. The green screen, a little some little lights in there, all of it. Um the you know, that's a it's a good segue into you know, all the all this change that's happening on the this week in photo podcast. And I wanted to kind of have a just a short dialogue on you, some of your thoughts on you know, the the, the changes that you feel like you or the the horsepower that you're going to bring to the show and what kind of changes you think we'll see on the show because of your involvement with the show. One of the things that I'm excited about is the the reintroduction of our picks of the week segment. We used to do that mm-hmm. back in the day, where each of the hosts shared something that they were excited about from that week, whether it was gear, software, a book, a technique, or whatever. Um, I'm really excited about bringing that back because there's so much stuff to talk about. What about you? What are you What are you excited about in your kind of new yeah. new addition to the showness? It's interesting bringing you know talking about bringing
1: picks of the week back. That it's something you and I do all week long now. It's like you know, hey, have you seen this? <laughs> have you checked yeah. this out? Have you tried this yet? You know, so yep. um, a lot. Of the, I think a lot of this show is going to become just us bringing our weekly conversations into a point of focus on the show and, and bringing the relevant stuff to it, yeah, picks, picks of the week are always fun uh, I'm looking forward to doing that um, some of them will, some weeks will be very obvious, some of them will be quirky some of them will be, you know, bizarre, who knows but, you know, it's always fun to, to bring a pick of the week um, and then bringing things to the show, obviously um, you know, we want to we want to hear the voice of the industry on this show, you know, so hopefully bringing in some great guests some, uh yeah some you know people from within the industry that we love and inspire and and hopefully motivate motivating people to get out there and press the shutter button um and and go take pictures i think i mean i think that's one of the things you and i strive to do is is excite people inspire and motivate people on a daily basis you know to to love photography whether irrelevant of whether we're you know doing something for the brand just personally I love this industry so much I love the creative world of photography and you know bringing bringing those external voices onto the show from you know people people within my network within your network uh, and just having great conversations as I said it is a pivotal moment uh, I think for photography yet again um, and you know everybody, needs to have an opinion on it and many people have strong opinions on it so it'll be interesting to, to hear people's opinion on, on where photography is going, the future of it, how we can, um, you know, ride the the, the change uh, for good, um, you know, we've yeah. always, we've had so many change and you know, people worry about it but change is, is, a, is, is a great moment to, you know, progress your career and, and, and move forward in a positive way. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully, lots of conversations about all, all that kind of stuff as well as, you know, gear and loving where gear's going. I, I'm still a geek, you know, no matter how, <laughs> how creative or, or business-focused I am. I still, you know, I'm a geek and I still love the tools of the trade. I love talking about cameras and lenses and software and stuff. So it's always good That's to... Right have a platform to do that one
0: yeah yeah the uh apple vision pro that's the next <laughs> that's the next geeky thing that i'm gonna like you know we gotta try it I mean, for research purposes company we i mean we need yeah. at least two of those things to
1: we need a couple of those know. we need to do one episode where we're both uh, using those and we run the whole whole thing from from vision pro uh yeah. while we're driving
0: <laughs> what could go wrong you right? do that yeah you do that <laughs> i will i'll be in the back seat while someone else is driving but, yeah, uh, no, I, can yeah. You, I mean i it you know for all from all the
1: bizarreness of them right but you know when you when you think about vision pro and you know it's bizarre right where we have got yeah. to in, in in this world but when you look at the tech side of it it's phenomenal and it's pretty amazing and trying to imagine where that might go or maybe it doesn't go, you know, who knows like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the 3D TV that we all thought was going to be the next thing and suddenly people thought, actually I don't like watching 3D TV and it, it right. kind of died on the vine, you know, so um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be fun though, it'll be fun to try them out, you know yeah, it will for sure. And it's, uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic on that. I mean, I'm sure we'll do full shows on the on Vision Pro when it, when it hits. But the, my cautious optimism comes from owning two MetaQuest headsets. And bunch, yeah. you know, so, and a lot of my family has them, you know, because it was there's like a pop a, while, a couple of years ago when people were like, "Oh, yep. you got to get a MetaQuest, great! We got to pick Beat Saber, you know, it's amazing." So we're all in there doing all the stuff in the in the uh, in the MetaQuest headset. Problem I have with the MetaQuest is, you know, notwithstanding the user interface and the resolution and all that stuff, is just the how long I can wear the thing yeah. on my head because after. So yeah. And I start sweating and I got to take it off. And, you know, so it it's not unless they've solved that with some sort of micro high tech AC unit that runs in there or something. <laughs> but it's uh, it's the body heat in an enclosed space and yeah. you're moving around and doing all that stuff. You just get uncomfortable. You literally have to take it off and towel off or something. Um, yeah, if they could the solve same. that, have, I could see wearing it all the time. Yeah, well, we not all the time, the but dinners. a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have, we have the, the Quest here, uh, and I spend a considerable amount of time playing top golf on, on the Quest. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the kids love it, Beat Saber, all that type of stuff. But, you know, there's four of us in this household, and two of us get motion sick using it, um, as well as getting hot and sweaty and uncomfortable. There's still definitely a huge. Proportion or a huge portion of society that's going to struggle to use it comfortably, just the way motion sickness works. So yeah, it's, they're yeah. going to have to get really clever at solving that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and if anybody can do it, Apple can do it, right? Mm-hmm. For trillions, you know, just throw some trillions at it and figure it out. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Like anything else, I mean, if anybody can do it, you know, it's going to be you know, I would I would bet money on Apple doing it. We in the Twip community we are having a dialogue back and forth about there's some also rands that are popping up that are Mm -hmm. purporting to be competition for the the vision pro my response on that thread was app store (laughs) 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 it's just it's the app store i mean that's they launched this and there's a bunch of apps for it you know and this new device that already works with existing apps and then you know they're they've in your phone that you have can shoot content for the vision pro i mean there's yeah. they're seeding the garden you know it's uh if they solve some of these fundamental issues i can see their their tack of not positioning it as an entertainment gaming device per se and more of a productivity you get stuff done i've been saying that uh, for a while that even before I knew about the Apple Vision Pro, I was thinking with the Meta- MetaQuest headset, if it evolves to a point where it becomes mainstream, you could see, I could see industries like psychology using it to, to do kind of therapy appointments and, you know, those kinds of things or doctor appointments that don't require physical presence or whatever, right? You know, I, could, I could see all that stuff coming, coming to fruition. But there's some fundamental things that need to be solved first. You yeah. know, there's, uh, I think you it was know, a smart, pricing is one of us. Well, I, I was going to say I think it was smart to make
1: to sort of pitch it as a business tool at the mm-hmm. cost of entry it is at the moment. You know that that cost is is something that's going to have to be justified by businesses rather than the the, the consumer. Right? Um, yeah. It's going to be a few years until it becomes a a, a consumer gaming platform um at that price point but you know we're already seeing i I saw a documentary the other day about surgeons practicing surgery wearing a quest headset um doing doing remote surgery wearing a headset that's controlling a robot in the theater you know that's just incredible where that's going to go they better
0: disclose that to me before they work on me (laughs) It was like, "Wait, he crashed!" But, but I thought you were a robot. You're not an Android, anyway. I thought you were. I, I can't tell. I mean, what is an Android? You know, what is? I mean, you know, I'm a simulation. I'm a simuloid. Uh, there you yeah. Go. yeah. There's a. There's there's so much to talk about here. Um, I want to wrap this up, and um, you know, just sort of. I wanted to wet people's appetite for kind of the tone of the conversations we're going to be having. Yep. And already you can tell, right, it's a it's a dialogue. It's a back and forth. It's not a me asking open ended questions and then sitting back while the guest answers. This is different opinions. Alistair thinks differently about things than I do, et cetera. One of the things I want to bring back to the podcast is that whole concept, along with the the picks of the week, is that concept that, that we used to do of listener questions. So we'd pick mm-hmm. a couple of listener questions every week, you know, that were kind of representative of the, the zeitgeist in the industry for that particular time and just kind of dialogue about them and have the guests answer them. Sometimes the answers will be different, you know, which is mm-hmm. where the magic, where the magic lies. Um, yeah. Before we wrap this really up, to the... Yeah, before we wrap this up, um, I want to do kind of a rapid fire round with you. Maybe this will be part of the show, too. Um, Ooh, but, but rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah rapid fire. So here we go. I'm going to put you on the spotlight here. Here we go. All right. Rapid fire questions. It's going to be three or four 42. Ish questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 42 is the answer to everything. Um, film or digital? Digital. Hmm. Oh, contrary to what you were saying before about the resurgence of Uh, film. Interesting.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've been there. I've been there, done that,
0: though. I had my, I had my fill. Um, Me too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Landscape or portrait mode? Portrait. Oh, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How old are you? Oh, sorry. Are we talking vertical video here, or are we
0: talking? About, yes. Um, I'm, I, well, well, in this um, context, yeah. Well, yeah. We like portraits. I'm, I like. I'm a portrait. I would consider myself a portrait photographer yes. as well. But the orientation wise, like, like how do you feel? I'm, how do you feel about like social vertical video versus horizontal video? Is yeah. one replacing the other? Vertical v-
1: vertical video needs to die. But anyway, the um, <laughs> when it came, when it came to taking photographs i was a portrait shooter and i love yeah. portrait mode uh portrait orientation of photographs yeah. um video has to be horizontal for me i'm afraid yeah. so yeah uh, well, uh, but you know yeah i don't live in the world <laughs> i don't live in TikTok and and that space and i mentioned earlier you know when we're on you know on this you know projects creating content we'll create a lot of it vertically um because of where it'll end up so yeah. Um, but for me, for me, I love looking at a portrait
0: in yeah. portrait mode, but I, I agree with that. And on the vertical video, uh, the, for me, I initially I was like, come on, dude, you know, you know, or I would see people shooting vertical video out in, out in the wild and just roll my eyes. But now, um, I am not I haven't changed my mind about it so much, but I am understanding that from a compositional perspective, the the vertical orientation allows certain compositions that aren't possible horizontal. So if you look at it from that yeah, standpoint and not like, oh, you're just holding because you don't know how to shoot horizontally, or if you let go of that whole, theatrical mindset that we have of, well, I'm sitting in a theater. Of course it has to be wide and you know, it's a widescreen. That means professional four three or three, two is less professional, yeah. you know, when it comes to video, because that looks like an old television, but the widescreens are where it's at. You let go of that when we, and have the realization that the, or understand the the sheer number, of views that vertical videos are getting right now for you know the, the the shorts and the TikToks and all that. Sure, it's that kind of content, however you feel about that, but it's still there. And it's still a way that a whole multiple generations are being exposed to video, right? It's, yeah, it's vertical. 15, 15, but
1: it's fine when it's viewed in the tool it's filmed for. So when you create mm-hmm. content vertically and it's viewed in, stories or reels or or uh, tick it's fine when i see a news report and they say oh we have some video from the yeah. you know the burning building and it's a vertical video and they do all the whole blurring the out blur. thing, a, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of me dies inside i must admit so
0: you know. <laughs> yeah yeah it does feel it feels it feels very stop gappy when they're doing that there's yeah. got to who knows where it's going to turn out but you know that's the fun of it okay a uh, couple more rapid fire mm-hmm. uh primer zoom which would go-to? What's in your bag? Prime? Do you have any zooms? Uh, oh, yeah. I have lots of zooms. And I'll be honest, when I was shooting
1: professionally, I probably made, made most of my money on zoom lenses, uh, you know, mm-hmm. shooting weddings and stuff. Um, but if I had the choice, I'll always switch to a prime just for that. Quality, the way, it makes you, the way it makes you think a little bit different, the way you approach taking the image, you know. So yeah. you can zoom yeah. with your feet. But, yeah, uh, primes are primes where it's at.
0: As a, as a experienced portrait shooter, what's your go-to portrait lens? Uh, 85
1: mil, 85, typically. Yeah. yeah. 85 um, on a crop one, sensor. Uh, 85 on a full sensor, mm-hmm. but. Okay, um, so that, you know, that Yeah, okay. but yeah, they're there, thereabouts on, you know, somewhere, you know, somewhere around that sort of range on, on crop as well. Um, mm. I shot, I shot with, um, an 85 mil Sigma art lens,
0: mm-hmm.
1: prime, just this prime, I think it's the art lens. These are the call them that range. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. So sharp. It's so beautiful. beautiful. I just have that great I have rendition. That yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, love that. But, um, yeah, but funny when, you know, as when I was working as a pro photographer, I very rarely used the prime, um, just the kind of environment I was in, you know, you were having to change um you know lens so
0: much but uh, yeah if i had the choice of course it would be prime. prime yep yeah i'm right there with you and it used to be that that primes were sharper than zoom so that's, that's where that question is is important yeah, that because that's not that so much closed. the fact yeah yeah it's closed yeah, yeah the, the, you can't tell the difference now um morning or golden hour are you a morning person or a night person when it comes to, to, to photography.
1: For, I was going to say for what? Um, for <laughs> You're not <waking> for up. <laughs> photography. Um, not drinking. <laughs> yeah, Gold, golden, hour, golden hour having a drink, taking pictures in golden hour. Yeah, I, I would say golden yeah. hour. I'm not a great morning person. However, um, landscape photography in Scotland that 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 answer changes by the season um we have a very short daylight window in winter very long daylight window windows in summer so um you know golden hour in in summer could be a 11 p.m so you know it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it changes throughout the year here but you know globally uh, typically i would prefer golden hour
0: to to early mornings okay all right, here here's your last question before we wrap this up. Okay. What's the one piece of gear that you cannot live without? Oh, one piece of gear. Yeah, like traditional gear, traditional camera gear. All the above. It's the one thing oh. that you're like my life would be markedly worse if i did not have this thing or have access to this thing it could be it doesn't have to be a physical tool it could be a SaaS or whatever yeah it's like mm. something that you feel like you can't live without right now at this point in time man there's so many there's the gotta be something can't be can't be that. a spouse or a kid or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sorry.
1: laughs> I mean, I could be a great brand ambassador for you know my my company and say that you know I can't live without Smug Mug because I Ugh. really couldn't. It has to be the home for for all my photographs. But that sounds like a plug in a, in a pitch. Does. But you can't, you can't realistically, yeah. realistically, it's probably this thing, right? It's probably yeah. the, the 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 cell phone. Um, it's probably the one piece of gear I have with me every day. It it helps me take. Pictures and videos whenever I want to. Um, it feels like a bit of a cop out saying that the iPhone, but I, that I is would agree, probably though.
0: true. Yeah. That's my pick. Yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's the you know, and I'm I have the lowly 14 Pro Max, so I'm not as cool as you with that 15. But yeah, it, it's integrated. I'm I'm happy to have it integrated into most parts of what I do, right? Because I can yeah. I can edit Google Docs on it for the show. I was editing this doc that we're looking at now. You know our show notes. Um, I could I could live stream from that thing if I wanted to. You know I could do a ton of things. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah as, thing as well cool. as take photos, edit them, and share them, and get feedback on them all while sitting in a car or something. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, people people take for granted. The amount of just sheer tech magic that we use every single day from these watches to the phones to, you know, the the cars we drive, you know, we're driving a car down the street and it's it's connected to GPS satellites while streaming, you know, your favorite audio while depending on your car, keeping you on the road in the middle of the lane, all this technology is just around us all the time. And a lot of people take it for granted. And I, it just like like the complaining that I hear. We had to do a complaining episode. The complaining that I hear that, oh, my phone dropped a call. OK, you mean oh, that supercomputer you have in your hand that is connected to a network of satellites outside in low Earth orbit and all this it's stuff. Going it's going to, to s- space. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Science fiction. All right, yeah. um, let's wrap it up. Um, closing mm-hmm. thoughts any um, any like goings on trips smug films that are going to be released soon like give us the give us a quick rundown on what's what's on Alistair's calendar i should just make you read off everything on your calendar for the next couple of days so we can get an idea of what you do, what you're yeah, <laughs> those 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 bits i, I can do um yeah
1: uh what's what's coming up well you know a few weeks ago i was in new york for the build trade show build,
0: which, which yes. was a lot of
1: fun um yeah. seen a lot of the community out there it was nice to be back at uh, an event um a big trade show like that in east coast in, in new york um got some more trade shows coming up at the start of twenty. 20- 24 which we're working out what our uh, engagements going to be like there what we're going to do at those uh, yes we have some SmugMug films in the works where we're going to be traveling uh, capturing some some great stories about some great photographers so we've got some travel come up in November um, but yeah October October I'm not traveling so it'll be good to, to be on the show every week um, Excellent.
0: maybe
1: maybe in the middle of October I have some family time uh, but um, yeah, November's probably going to be the next big travel period for myself. We'll Be back in the, the States, they're making some some video content, which I can't talk about, but um, yeah, it'll be, yeah. Out, it'll be at the start of the year. And then, um, yeah, but then it'll be into trade show season, start at early 24.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be at, uh, well, you're not traveling in October, so you're not going to be at NAB? Not going to Max. Not going to NAB, not going to Adobe Max this year. Um
1: so uh, just, yeah, I would love to be at Adobe Max and catch up with okay. a, a bunch of people. But yeah, just going to be, uh, unfortunately, busy with other things this particular year. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm on the fence about Adobe Max. I am speaking at NAB, so mm-hmm. I will be there in New York, which would have been, if I had gone to Build, that would have been New York twice in as many months. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's wrap this up. Where if people want to connect with you, I mean obviously you have a website, this beautiful website here. Yep. Where is where's this website? What's the URL for this?
1: This is uh, no surprise, this is hosted on SmugMug. So it's uh, my initials, AMG, alpha mother Juliet, amg.smugmug.com. Uh, you can go check out some of my sort of, travel portfolio images there. Um, if you want to connect with me, you will find me pretty much everywhere socially just as Alistair Jolly and um, we'll post that in the show notes so that you can yeah. find that. We'd love to connect with uh, more of the TWiP audience, uh, and you can find me, as I say, on all the social platforms. So, yeah, at Alistair yeah. Jolly.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and we'll have to get you into the the TWiP community as well. So mm-hmm. hi those folks and pop in there and maybe do some stuff there. Good man. Uh, I'm excited. I'm honored. I'm excited. Uh, I'm optimistic. All the things about this this new path. And I'll tell you, the the lead up to the official acquisition of this weekend photo by Smug Mug, of course, that was very stressful. You know, it's a lot of a lot going on. Um, and the year following the acquisition has been awesome. You know, it's just it's been. And I'm not just saying that. You know, it's it's. Literally been awesome. It's been the the fears uh, that I had for the show, the the property, the, the the brand that Twip is, and all the things. Those were my fears. You like pr- you know protecting them like a baby as I go in and say well, you yeah. know you know are you gonna mess it up? Are you gonna do something? Or, you know, <laughs> and Smug Mug has done none of that stuff. So I've been I'm I'm excited and proud to be a part of that organization and. One of the key pieces of fruit to drop off that tree is this Interaction that we get to hang out here and do this kind of thing and make the show a better place for for all photographers So yeah, I'm good, man. This is this is gonna be good. So what do you what are you off to next? What's your what's the next on your? Today list of things to do just today more meetings, this, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, today, this is uh,
1: finish up here and then and then go out to meetings. I I unfortunately I work for a business that is eight hours behind me and with you in california so i'm eight hours i, I live in the future obviously yes you uh, do. so yeah. i know all the secrets before you get them um so yeah you know my evenings have uh, several meetings involved but uh, yeah this is this has been the highlight this is going to be the highlight of the week uh, for me I'm, I'm so thrilled to be part of twip uh, you know a, a platform that i've admired and watched my entire career and and you know Always, always been honored to to know you, and you know, thrilled that I I get to
0: to to work with you. Now, so yeah, onwards and upwards. All right, enough of this love fest. Let's end the show, and (laughs) we we will see you guys next week. Oh, speaking of that, the our plan going forward for the show. This show obviously was was recorded, a little bit of light editing on it, and then published, kind of like all the other shows. But what I like to move things toward is live streaming every Thursday or sorry every Tuesday which is as we record this is Tuesday the 26th of September so every Tuesday at noon pacific time or do we say to noon or 11? 11 11 11am 11, well, 11 to 12 Pacific time, 11 in the morning to noon Pacific time, we'll be here live streaming with guests, you know, presumably and live comments and doing all that stuff. And then the show itself will come from the replay and it'll be embedded in the Twip site. And of course in the, in the podcast feed. So enjoy, if you're not subscribed to Twip, do it. Thisweekinphoto.com is where you can find me. And uh, and now Alistair Jolly is gonna be along for the ride. So we'll leave it right there, Alistair. You, do you remember, since you're a longtime listener, do you remember what I used to say at the end of episodes? A little tagline that I used to say? Yeah. And with that, All right.
1: it's time to N- take the lens cap off.
0: There you go. There it is right there. So you said <laughs> it, so I don't have to say it. All right. So we'll leave it right there. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alistair. Pleasure having you on. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Cheers. This is Twit.